Hello, and thank you for tuning in. You are listening to the Bringing Inspiration to Earth show. You can listen and subscribe to the show for free on Spotify, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, Blog Talk Radio, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, and Audible. For network or show information, visit FightRadio.me. And now, the Bringing Inspiration to Earth show. Good day, everyone, and thank you for joining us for this edition of the Bringing Inspiration to Earth show. Today, my special guest is Susan Lax, and we'll be talking about her new wonderful book, A Heart Landscape, An Invitation to the Garden of Moments. Some days, our hearts or souls can't find the glasses to see, and we cannot hear our own music. We find ourselves on autopilot forgetting the preciousness of being and losing touch with our creative spirit. But on other days, our being fills with excitement, magically showing us the miracle of joy. Author Susan Lex explores the gifts, oops, excuse me, uh, 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 Susan explores the gifts of awareness, sorry about that, and encourages the reader to be present in the moment. With a heart landscape, Susan offers a path to an attentive heart. On every page, her words and timeless photographs meet your soul in the perfect place. In times of grief, illness, or life transitions, you'll find healing and strength within these pages. As a spiritual counselor and a life caregiver and Reiki practitioner, Susan shares the truth and inspirations she has learned from the beauty in, of the human spirit and the gifts of nature and awareness. Susan offers a spiritual co- coaching and care that is focused on, but not limited to, those touched by illness and loving someone through death. She also leads workshops and guided meditation sessions. In 2010, she began writing Morning Inspiration and Email for Your Soul. For more information, you can visit Susan's website, which is susanplax.com. And with that, I'd like to welcome Susan to the show. Good day, Susan. Hi, and welcome to all the listeners. I'm so happy to be here with you. Thank you very much. Um, as a fellow photographer and admirer, uh, I admire your work <laughs> and, and accompanying words. So I'm really anxious to talk all about that today. So, uh, first let's start with, um, if you wouldn't mind, you know, I did give a little, in the introduction, a little bit about kind of, you know, what you offer as far as um, your uh, services, but can you share with the listeners just a little bit about your journey, you know, and, and how you came to um, eventually uh, becoming the photographer that you are? Ah. Thank you for the question. It basically puts everything about me in five words. No. <laughs> so, <laughs> so um, I grew up in Israel, and I grew up on a kibbutz. I don't know if your listeners know what that is, but it's a communal farm. And so I was always surrounded by nature. I worked in fields, and the appreciation for the inspiration from nature 
was implanted in me at a very young age. I started Morning Inspiration um, about 13 years ago when I needed to connect with a friend who was very ill with cancer and did not want to discuss it or share about it and wanted to keep to herself. But because I missed her so much and I felt that I needed to, to connect with her, I wrote her an email, and in the email I said to her, Stephanie, I'm going to be writing you an email. If you want me to stop, you just tell me to stop. You don't have to answer. And every day I would get up at 6, and I would write her some words that had nothing to do with her illness. And about seven months in, I had the flu, and I didn't send her this it wasn't called morning inspiration at the time. I didn't send her these blessings or these words, and I got a phone call at 7.30 in the morning saying, where is my morning blessing? And I realized then the importance and, and the, the way that words of, of any inspiration can connect to souls. And I continued to send that to her for 365 days. And I would get up at 6 in the morning and make sure she had them to start her day with. And at the time, I was working with women that were post and pre mastectomies. And I told them the story. And they said, wait a second. Why is she receiving morning blessings and we're not? <laughs> and so this list of people that wanted these words, um, grew. As the years went on, I evolved. My writing evolved. It no longer was just little stories of my everyday life. Um, it was more in prose, in poetic way. And then the photography came in because for me, I turned to nature for inspiration. And I said, wait, if that's inspiring me, I need to share that with others. And that's how photography entered Morning Inspiration, and now is in this book, A Heart's Landscape. Oh. Now, the uh, photography didn't come in until, I believe, you're around 50. Is that correct? Really? Um, well, I, I, I want to say it came, I want to say, about probably six years ago. Yes. Okay. I started, oh, okay. I started more, yes, I started Morning Inspiration um, around the age of 50, you know, um, oh. but the photography came in at little bits, and then it, it became full-blown around six years ago, because if anything, like anything that I write, it is, I write of moments that inspire me, and that's what I'm sharing, and so if it started inspiring me more and more, the photography, and I was able to catch moments that of the human spirit. I was able to catch moments where I became more aware and much more with an attentive heart. And any tool that inspires is welcoming to my moment. <laughs> really, I know. But we can all use that. And, you know, and one of the things that um, – I loved about the story is that, you know, when you were talking about your initial actions to, pour, 
to support your friend Stephanie. Um, now, with that one, you know, and, and the fact that Stephanie really wasn't, didn't want to communicate, didn't, I mean, and I've, I've had many uh, friends who have gone through health challenges who, who kind of keep to themselves. They want to be able to um, keep that personal side to themselves. And, you know, and maybe don't want, maybe feel like sometimes that might be a burden to, to, to keep talking about, you know, illness or to, to have that be the central part of their day-to-day -day being. Um, but what, what I like about it is that you um, offered and, and gave an out for Stephanie. If she did not want to do it, that she, you know, just say so. And, and um, exactly. But, but, and it was important also, to me. It was Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, but, but, but it also, because even though that she didn't communicate or didn't respond, those became important messages. You know, so, um, so that was, you know, you just never know, you know, what you put out, how what you put out is being received or even appreciated. And that's a really good point, Robert. And I want to say, I knew when I was doing this that, and I think that, that that's a really good thing that guides me. And when people say to me, how do I help a friend, or especially at end of life, what do I do to help this person? We don't understand exactly or know exactly how it will be received, right? That's in life in general, right? We can only give it with the best intention. That's all we can be responsible for. How the other human being will receive it, we don't know, right? And if they want it. Right. But if, if we leave that part of our heart open and just do it with that attentiveness and say, after that, it's not mine. It's in the universe. It's, it's, it's not with me. Then, then it's okay if it's not appreciated. It, 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 it doesn't, it wasn't about being appreciated. It was really about my need to to still have her in my life, to still be a part with her. Mm -hmm. And therefore, I wanted her to know that for me, she was my friend. She wasn't cancer. She wasn't the illness. Mm -hmm. And I think that's an important message. And I, I use a sentence sometimes for those of us that don't know what to do. It's just, how can I show up for you? Let me know okay. if and when I can show up for you. And that's it. Then it's no longer ours. Then it's in their hands. Yeah. Well, that you know, that's wonderful because, you know, quite often when we um, are interacting with those who are in the end-of-life phase, um, it can be really um, challenging to, like you say, know what to say or even – um, what to do. Um, and so now with, with Stephanie, did, did you get any, um, feedback from her prior to the, the, the time when you're out with, or you're down with the flu and, and didn't do it? I mean, did you get any <laughs> um, feedback from her before that? Actually, no. It was never discussed. Wow. It was never, and I had talked to her and met her, and it was never mentioned. 
And hmm. again, you know, every human being is different. And I think it, it, if you ask me why was it never discussed, because I gave her that option at the beginning. I said to her, you never have to talk about an email. You don't. Just let me know if you don't want it. And there was no responsibility on her part. And I think that's a big part of giving. You know, when we give and we don't say to the other person, okay, now you're responsible to show me appreciation or you're responsible to to um, give back. But it's really coming from a place of really that is not always available of just, I'm just giving this. I'm just giving it, you know? And I think that that, knowing my friend, that's really, was very good for her. That suited her well. And in all honesty, the first time when she said, where's my morning blessing, I was so shocked. I just said, it won't come today, but it will be there tomorrow. And I never asked her. I never asked her. Um Tell me, do you like it, do you not like it? And I saw her many times. However, the end of, um, it was on the um, Jewish New Year. Um, I saw her on Yom Kippur, actually, and we were breaking fast because we fast on Yom Kippur. And she came to my house, and her husband came up to me and said, I want to let you know that I made a book. All your morning blessings. He was still calling it, calling it morning blessings. He wasn't calling it morning inspiration because he didn't know that that's what it had transformed into. And she mm-hmm. had that. And so that was really the only conversation we ever had. And Stephanie is a cancer survivor. And um, if you read the book, you can see that. And so till today, you know, when I brought her the book, she was the first person that actually I handed that book to when it came out. And it was a very emotional mm-hmm. moment. And she then looked at me and she said to me, this is so meaningful to me, just as we're all your morning blessings. So sometimes it's only a couple of words, and that's all for our heart to 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 bring or to be in a place of pure gratitude. And that was a moment of pure gratitude. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, the, when you were talking about responsibility, you know, you kind of put in the responsibility, you know, back to the individual to, you know, to choose how, how they want to interact and that kind of thing. You know, the idea, it seems to me that the idea is, is giving that Love and support unconditionally. You know, that there, there are no conditions on what I am giving to you. I expect nothing in return. Um, and that, that's what it is. Um, and I, and I think that so often, um, we, um, love is, um, portrayed with conditions. I mean, you know, I mean, from from kids, you know, do this or I'm going to get real, you know, mad, you know. I mean, we're, we're, we're conditioned to have, um, to expect maybe some kind of reciprocation. Right. So, so I think it took me later in life 
right? Because you know, as we as we grow growing years, I, I I like to say wisdom offers us more room, right? <laughs> and allows us to be in a schoolroom even more. And I think I learned love should be easy. Love should yeah. not be hard. And I think if we were able to teach that or to convey that or to show that to children, the levels of expectations that two people in any kind of loving relationship have would take a very different turn, would have a very different place. Because when love is there, it should just be easy. When loving someone is hard, then one must look and say, wait, what, what's going on here? And that, that yeah. to me, that really is what it, and it, it is about, you know. And, and I think when I work with people at end of life, and it was, well, you know, how do I take care of myself and how do I take care of them and I feel guilty if I'm happy. And I believe that loving oneself, Robert, is also, it should be easy. It shouldn't be hard. And and yeah. when we can love ourselves with more ease, we can love others with more ease. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, now, the subtitle of your book, um, From a Heart Landscape, is the, an invitation to the Garden of Moments. Now, I read in the book that uh, <laughs> under 50, you were gifted with a, a wonderful trip that um, kind of planted the seeds, so to speak, of that garden. So tell, tell us about that, that gift that you had. Wow. <laughs> it was truly, <laughs> I smile and laugh thinking about it. You know, in all the interviews I've done, no one has asked me about that. And um, so it's, yeah. it's really wonderful to talk about that. So thank you for that. I appreciate that question. So um, when I was turning 50, I'm 63 now, when I was turning 50, um, my partner in life and love, um, together with my daughters, surprised me um, and sent me to Santorini. Uh, what I did not know as I got that gift was that 12 of my my closest women in my life would be joining me. And um, we ended up going to Santorini and spending a week together in a house. And within the, that week, I wasn't the mother I wasn't the spouse. I wasn't, you know, I also am co-owner of a shoe company called Neot, N-A-O-T. I was not working um, for there. I was not doing any spiritual counseling. I was just being Susan. And in that trip, all these women had prepared all these things to do. And I learned and experienced a part of myself that I hadn't been able to do before then. I became a mother at a very early age. Um, I got married at a young age. And this was really the first time that it, I felt the energy of moments. The true, each moment that was there was, was amazing for my soul. 
and that's where the seeds were planted. We need to do all these moments. We can't, we can't not pay attention to them. Actually, you can't, but we do miss five if we, if we don't pay attention. Right. But it's, it's, I think, yeah. it's, you know, as a spiritual yeah. counselor, I had taught myself awareness. Right. But there, right. it was awareness that became bigger and bigger to not only to what I saw and felt in others, but what I saw and felt within myself. Yeah. You know, uh, quite often there's talk of, quote, what's your story? You know, we're our creating or living our story, you know, molding our story, you know, and, and defining ourselves by our roles, like you indicated, um, partner, mother, you know, business owner. I mean, those are all parts of the story. But when, when you, you know, put, when you get yourself in a situation like you did in Santorini, where those stories, you know, kind of, I mean, they are part of you, but that's not where your attention is at the moment. You know, um, then, you know, that's when I think that we can, um, uh, you know, get that better understanding. So, you know, it, so I think that like right now people are going through a whole rewrite you know, of their story, um, you know, as, you know, having gone through this particular pandemic and, and just the whole topsy-turvy nature of, of life right now that it, um, Get the you know, that we have the chance to um, examine those roles. Uh, what, what what do you think um, for not you have that moment, you know, or, or that period, you know, of, of awareness um, of of you know um, definition? Um, how how would you? Um, uh, what advice would you give to someone who is kind of just um, so wrapped up in those roles that, you know, that self-awareness or that um, awakening can be difficult? So, I mean, what, what, would, what kind of advice would you give to someone um, to... Uh, I guess maybe even if it temporarily shed that perspective um, in order to be able to to get a clear definition of self. So, I when I work with people as a spiritual counselor, I rarely give advice because I'm okay. there as a guide, and, and, and I'll explain uh -huh. why. I am there as a guide to help them find their own answers to tap in and to hear their own voice. And um, because what works for me, there, no two human beings, no two souls are alike. Uh, they're, they're, each story is different and each, each human being, each human spirit is different. And that's what makes the universe beautiful, right? That we're not exactly alike. And therefore, when someone... I can share with you something that you may use like I did before to say, but that may not fit you. And that, that may, so the way I sit with someone and the way I invite them into the world of awareness is that together, um, they can hear something and they can find something that works for them. And then, 
and the way that I would suggest to do that is pause. Pause. P-A-U-S-E. A moment of pause. It's as simple as that. When we start training ourselves to pause, when we start training ourselves to just get off the automatic pilot, and just like we brush our teeth every day, and we're supposed to brush them for three minutes. So we pause when we're doing that, that our mind is working. So I'm not telling people you have to take 20 minutes or 10 minutes or 5 minutes. Really, start with one minute of pause. And that is training our heart to be attentive, not to what's going on outside, but first to what's going on inside. To just take that breath and say, yay, I am here. That is a gift. And the way we pause is different for each and every person. And I love finding the ways people say, you know, I look in the mirror and I go, good morning, I'm here. That's a pause. <laughs> That's a pause. And if you think about or someone else who has post-its around their mirror, you know, two or three that reminding them to take a pause. There's so many different ways to pause because there's so many different human spirits. But, you know, I'm very grateful that I have a treasure box of different ways to pause. And when someone does have some difficulties, I offer many for them to choose from. But it's really mm-hmm. the person themselves that, that find a way to pause. And that, that is the beginning of the road to self-awareness, to know who you are. Yeah, yeah, very much. In, in, in fact, there is um, one, your, your book is you know, broken down into segments, sort of. Um, you know, you have one particular one that says, may your moments of stillness reveal the courage you are. Um, and, you know, it seems like that pause that stillness is um, can really provide strength from someone. Now, um, one of the I think one of the one of the photos and word combinations that I liked a lot um, from that particular section um, was uh, a pair of hands holding a pair of hands just holding each other. Um, and, you know, it looks like they're not young <laughs> and they're kind of older then. But it says, um, the words that you accompanied that photo with is, don't tell me it'll be fine. Don't tell me it will work out. Just sit here beside me and hold my hand. For in your grasp, I find courage and bravery to make my next moment a good one. Um, that, those words, I think, and that can help so many people who are um, struggling to make connections. Um, and it seems to me that that's, uh, that's one way to, to, to make a connection, um, not necessarily with words, but just that hand-holding and what it can bring. Yes. It's... Um... You know, so many times, as we talked before, we want to say something to someone to make it better, right? We try to fix the situation for somebody. But it's not about fixing the situation. It's really just about being there. 
And, you know, people yeah. in my life have said to me, it's going to be fine. Don't worry. It'll, don't worry. It'll be fine. Now, no one here on this earth can promise that anything will be fine. <laughs> but what, my, what can promise that my moment will be fine, just my moment, because a day is a lot of moments. And if we, we take a day and we go, this day is going to be great. That, that's hard. Maybe moments in the day will be great, but maybe not. That's not realistic. So just yeah. that moment, just that moment, Robert, of holding a hand and saying, silently saying, I'm here, can be the biggest courage anyone can take to move on to the next step without someone trying to fix them and tell them, it'll be fun, don't worry. And it's free of judgment. Yeah. It, 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 it isn't hard. Like working with people and, and life, telling them, don't worry, it'll all work out. Um, that, that's a hard one for some people to, to follow. Kind of like, in essence, in a way, it's like um, one is trying to overlook or sidestep or, um, you know, put a good face on something that the individual who is experiencing the challenge knows it's not really true, um, you know, in that moment um, for them. But, you know, it's changing, I guess, to that more authentic moment of, being there for someone, holding the hand, and just being with them. That's really, and being with them means being present with them. Being mm -hmm. present with them and their moment. Not necessarily your moment. It, it is your moment, but being present with where they are. And that's not easy to do. Because we, we all are made up of, of, of different emotions and ego and but that is the best gift. That truly is the best gift we can give someone. When someone is in pain, when someone is placed, you know, um, and, and I think just saying it's okay, I'm here. In this moment, it's okay. I can't promise the next moment will be and definitely can't change what was before. But in this moment, I can be. And someone said to me, you know, um, well, what do you say to someone when they're exiting this world? And you're working mm -hmm. with them and you know they only have a month or five weeks. How can you tell them it's okay? And I never tell them it's okay. I help them yeah. find what can make that moment that they're in the best moment. Yeah. yeah. That's wonderful. Um, guys, we're about through the show already, uh, Susan. So I want to take just a quick uh, I want to take a quick break and then when we come back, I want to go into a little bit more depth about some of the um, items in, in the book. Okay? Okay. Sure. Great. Everyone stay tuned. We'll be right back after this brief break. Hello. This is Robert Sharp. I want to thank you for joining us, and I hope that you are enjoying today's show. Just a reminder that we have a wealth of information and resources 
available on our website, byteradio.me. There is a calendar of upcoming shows, along with an archive link that will give you access to more than 1,600 shows that we have had during the past 12 years. Also on the site is a link to the products and services we provide, books, nature photography, calendars, and 5x7 photo greeting cards. Our show is a free podcast on Blog Talk Radio, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and TuneIn. And you can subscribe for free on any of those platforms by using the links on our website homepage. We are on social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn, etc. And we also have buttons to those platforms on the top of our homepage. Our website, ByteRadio.me, has much for you to explore and enjoy. I also very much appreciate you supporting our guests, and especially today's guest. And now, back to the show. Okay, everyone. Thank you for staying with us again today. My special guest is Susan Wax, and we're talking about her new book, A Heart's Landscape, An Invitation to the Garden of Moments. And again, you can find out more about all that Susan has to offer by visiting her website, which is susanpwax.com. Okay, with that, we're back, Susan. Hi. Okay. Okay. Um, so I want to talk about, uh, first of all, before I even go on for that, I'm like, your book is beautiful. <laughs> you know, is, uh, kudos to the, the, the publisher, uh, Girl Friday, um, because it's a, it's a wonderful hardcover book. Um, and I, I don't know, I just, uh, I always like to let my listeners know when I see quality, <laughs> you know, and that's what I see with your book. Thank you so much. Thank you. You're welcome. So, uh, one, you kind of open up the book with a, a beautiful two-page spread of, of um, a mountain, um, mountain and stream landscape, um, and, and the, the the saying on that particular spread says, "Take the gentle path. Meet up with what comforts you." So. You know, tell us a little bit about the idea of a gentle path. So gentle is something that perhaps I did not grow up with, right? I I kind of grew up in a country where gentle was not something that was used. It was more of a survival kind of uh, atmosphere in a country. And mm-hmm. I discovered gentleness um, I at an older age and I said, wow, gentleness, gentle, makes me feel so great. I need to share this with as many people. Because when we're gentle with ourselves, we are gentle with others and obviously gentle with the world. And if in anything, today, in today's world, gentleness is needed so much. And Finding something that allows ourselves to be calm with a gentle aura around it can only promise to make that that place where we are, that little place in the world we are, to be a better place. Because once we can do that for ourselves, 
We can do that for others and so on. And so gentleness yeah. for me is something so, so important, Robert, because when we talk to remember gentleness, when we touch to remember gentleness, to to anything, if we can put that in our, I, I like to call it a soul dictionary, <laughs> and so we can refer to it, to always remember that it sits in that, you know, we have drawers and rooms in our soul, so the library in our soul has the dictionary, and in that dictionary, one of the biggest words that I love is gentleness, because I think that's where good can grow from. And boy, do we need to yeah, grow today. Yeah, it, it is. It is. Um, it is real important. And you're right. We we do need more of it. And, and you know, just even you recognizing the fact that your environment that you grew up in didn't lend itself well to gentleness. You know, I think, I mean, when we're looking right now at kind of what's going on in Ukraine, and I see the faces of these children, um, it breaks my heart, you know, because it is one of the, I mean, it's going to take years for them to be able to um, uh, incorporate gentleness, um, security, Safety. I mean, it's going to take a long time to undo what's being done right now. So, um, and, and I think, you know, and I mentioned children because in your book, you you have you mentioned children often, and you have photos of children. Um, so, yes. to me, it's, it's, uh, a, uh, it's a room. It's a big part of of um, of my life. It always has been. I worked with children from a very early age, and I have three amazing daughters and two wonderful son-in-laws and five oh, precious grandchildren. And I learned so much from them. You know, I think my best teachers have been my children and now my grandchildren. And you spoke before about Ukraine and the faces of the children. So having grown up under the black clouds of the Holocaust, and my children being third-generation Holocaust survivors, you are right. That does not, does not really ever go away. It, it gets mm. put someplace. And what we are seeing yeah. right now is such proof that, that we need, we need gentleness. We need to remember to reach out. We need to remember connection. And I, someone asked me, well, what does inspiration do? And I think inspiration connects us. Inspiration yeah. can connect us because I see, I see through all the people that get my morning inspiration and I, I don't know most of them, Robert. I've never met them. I've just gotten an email and asked to be on it. And so there is a connection because I share a story. I was in a doctor's office, and I was sitting there with my daughter and a, a woman across from me, and I've come accustomed to kind of know what a woman who is going through cancer treatment kind of 
can give off something, especially if her hairpiece is not sitting in the correct way. And I looked at her mm-hmm. and I smiled, and then the doctor called and said, Susan, Lax, please. And this woman jumped up from her seat, jumped over to me, arms around me, and said, you're Susan Lax. I've been getting your morning inspirations for 10 years, and they have helped me so much. And so there was a connection. I never met her. We hugged. So inspiration Mm -hmm. can connect people. And I pray, I really do pray, that some kind of words of inspiration can find those dear people of Ukraine and those children and know that they are not alone. They are being heard Mm -hmm. and they are being seen. Yeah, I do too. And, and of course, with my show being bringing inspiration to Earth, I... I value inspiration, and, and even in my, my my closing credits, it's like, you know, bring inspiration into your life and to the lives of those you touch. You know, to me, it's, it's, it's important. I mean, quite often when we think of inspiration, we think of inspiring others. Um, but, but also it's really important to be inspired, you know, as well. Yes, yes, yes. And... You know, we can be, someone was talking to me about um, the, the month of women's history this month, and I shared that for me, yes, there are amazing women in history, but for me, I'm inspired by the women I meet on the street. I am inspired by the women, the mothers that I saw in the pictures yesterday and today and the day before with their children, and they're making history. It is, it is the Stories, the everyday stories that people have, and you spoke about stories that are so inspiring and and can give us a place to grow from, and that's where we need to bring our awareness to those people with their everyday life and stories that we meet, and it comes back to to awareness and an attentive heart, right, and, and just wishing someone a happy moment. And seeing their reaction. Exactly, exactly. It, it doesn't have to be complicated <laughs> at all. Correct, correct. Yeah. Now, one of the one of uh, another entry in, in your book that I enjoy. I mean, I enjoy it a lot, but I just one just stuck out to me. Um, it was a picture of, of two boys, um, and. They're kind of, you know, overlooking something. But, but the words that go along with it, let me go ahead and read them. Um, children have the ability to be one with their imagination. They have the creative freedom that at times we as adults don't. My grandchildren played a game of softball yesterday with no balls and no bats. Never allowing their imagination to be hindered. Rather the opposite, opposite to be nurtured. Imagination is a beautiful tool of guidance, helping us discover the magnificence that can translate into our moment. Today, allow your imagination to bring something into existence. Who knows? You, too, could be a part of a softball game. So, I'm going to that because, I mean, you're looking at the photo, these two boys, and I'm not sure if they're your grandkids in the photo, but, um, they are. you know, Okay, <laughs> excuse me. I thought they could be. 
But, uh, but it's, it's wonderful because, you know, here, you know, you talk about um, not only children, but also the importance of imagination. And, um, you know, like you say, sometimes at times we as adults don't kind of indulge that um, imagination. So tell us a little bit about, you know, that photo and, and those words that you put together. <laughs> so um, I, the photo just remind me, the photo with them of the two boys holding hands. Well, no, this is the one of them kind of overlooking a bush out to, um, uh, like a parking lap. Um, there's one blonde boy, one dark haired boy. With yeah. the binoculars? I mean, yeah. Yeah, with the binoculars. Okay, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. So, um, I can tell you that, that on that day, on that day, it was, it was, very shortly after they hadn't seen each other because of COVID and we hadn't seen each other and they had come to my house and they were, had gotten hold of some binoculars that I guess I had in the house and they were saying, look what I can see. Now, they were seeing things that were not there. <laughs> and they were sharing that. <laughs> and I, and it brought me back to that moment. That's why I put that picture with when they were playing softball. My, all of them were playing softball because there were no bats, but they really had an imaginary game. And I thought to myself, you know, as children, we we have so much less, uh, for lack of another word, on our plate. And we allow ourselves or we permit ourselves or we just, do imagination. We just do imagination. We don't think about allowing ourselves. We just do it. And as we get more involved in the the different things that make up our moments, and as we get older, there are more things that make up our moments, right? Um, imagination mm -hmm. kind of takes a little bit of a back backstage, right? It, it sits there someplace. But imagination can bring us to so many wonderful places. And I think that when we tap into our imagination, when we allow, but we do that when we pause. You know, when you ask me what we, how would you, so pause and say, today is a pause of imagination. Today is a pause of imagination. That's all you have to say. And somehow it is planted in us and we can start imagining. And imagination doesn't have to take us to the wild jungle or there is no right or wrong <laughs> to imagination. There is no right or wrong. And it can come to aid us in the hardest of moments. Uh, a client that I'm working with right now who um, has been touched by cancer and is going through quite harsh treatments and, and was very worried how was she going to stay in the hospital for when she had to stay. And, and I asked her, I said, if you close your eyes, what does your imagination show you? And she said, what imagination? I said, you know the one you had when you were six? <laughs> and the one you had when you were eight? And it took her back to these amazing views and these amazing pictures, beautiful pictures that we then created. She created. I didn't create. And it became this beautiful thing that she hung up in her hospital room. Hmm. And she could then go there and look at it 
and go to this place that her imagination recreated and was able to take her to, I like to say, imagination can be a very safe place when we need it. Yeah. And, you know, and it, it's a shame that um, sometimes it's uh, passed down on, you know, in our youth, you know, that, that idea. I mean, well, you know, a lot of times, you know, that, that useful imagination is, um, is dampened, you know, by, you know, the reality, you know, be, be real, you know, that doesn't, that's, that's not real. It's your imagination. Right. I mean, it sounds like right. when you make it right. a bad thing. Right, right. But in the end, it's imagination that has brought us the plays, the movies, the books, the art, the, right. the, the, even the sports. If someone hadn't imagined that they could do something, they wouldn't be there. You know, it, 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 it has brought so many things. And I talk from my experience. Right? I had an image. I had a clear image how I wanted this book to look. I wanted this book to be a friend. I wanted it to be that hand when someone needed a hand to hold. And I, you know, when I spoke with Girls Friday, an amazing team, a really amazing, amazing team to work with, and my editor, Gail Hudson, amazing editor, and I said to them, I have an image. I know what this is going to look like. But I wouldn't have had that if I wasn't friends with my imagination. And mm-hmm. we need to, we don't need to, but I, I share the beauty of becoming friends with your imagination once again. It's a wonderful friendship. Yeah, I love that. That was that along with inviting one into the world of, of awareness. Yeah, going to be a couple of my favorite um, lines from today's show. Now, one of the uh, sections um, of one of the um, items you had, it says that it's a, a beautiful red rose um, land. Um, it looks like a kind of a, a black, um, just on the ground, kind of like a cement. But yeah. it says, time yeah. does not wait for us. Handle it with heart attention, you know. And I'm sure with your work with those at end of life, the idea of time not waiting is right there in the forefront of their minds. Um, but you say handle it with heart attention. So can you maybe tell us, elaborate a little bit about that? Sure. So it's actually when I wrote that, I didn't have end of life in in my thoughts mm-hmm. at that moment. Um, but that, you're very true, that has been used after that. <laughs> but when I wrote that, it, it mm-hmm. really was because I really felt that when we get into the motions without the awareness, without the heart attentiveness, time just passes by. And we never get that moment. You and I, Roger, will never have, Robert, will never have this moment together again. Exactly. We may have another moment, but not this one exactly. And definitely not on March 1st, 
2022. So when we think about that, and then that moment, if we have an attentive heart, we may not be able to, to change or to choose every single moment because we do have things that we have to do, but it's how we do them. Where is our heart when we're doing them? Where is that when we have to do something? Where is that when we have to make that phone call? Because when we bring in our heart attentiveness to that, then it changes everything. And it allows it to be more meaningful. It's just about bringing meaning. It's ours. This is our gift. Every moment is these gifts, right, that we have. And we can't make everyone, you know, say, oh, this is the best moment. Absolutely not, and especially when we're going through hard times. But one moment that we have hard attentiveness can be contagious to the next and the next and the next. Yeah, I agree. Um, We're kind of winding down toward the end of this. So I have just a couple points also to, to bring out. One of them... Um, toward the end of the book, you have, you have um, a section of a beautiful um, spring photo of a tree, and it says, may a new dimension of gratitude find you. Um, gratitude, um, I think gratitude is probably one of the most um, underutilized uh, powers that we have. Um, so if you, if you talk about just from your perspective and your work, the, can you tell us your perspective of how the role of gratitude in our life? Wow, that's a that's a big question for a few moments. Okay. <laughs> gratitude. I'll do my best. <laughs> gratitude is is a gift. Is a gift that we have, and it's always ours. And it never stops giving, never stops giving. When I can stop and say, oh, my God, I'm so grateful for this moment, or I am so blessed, my entire aura, my entire time that I'm in changes. And finding something that that our gratitude can unwrap for us at a moment can allow us to tap into joy that lives within us. And you asked me earlier on in the show what would be something that you would tell someone that these times are so hard, and I wouldn't tell them to be grateful. I would ask them if they can find gratitude in their heart and where would they place it? And how could it be part of their every day? Because, you know, I meditate every day. And I am so full of gratitude that I'm given that time. Because it sets the menu for my day. And that that's the power of gratitude. That's the power of gratitude. It is a it is a force for sure um, that I find that once you tap into the 
true gratitude of the heart, you know, that um, that you, you you kind of get things seem to be life seems to be better, and in in the sense that you know you recognize um, some particular um, blessing that that you have, and you. In my opinion, you give it the recognition, um, and and that I think gives it power, and, and maybe will also endure, um, buy more gratitude. It is, you know, gratitude is part of the as part of awareness, right? Gratitude mm-hmm. is part of awareness. Awareness holds all these beautiful things in it, and gratitude is part of them. And, you know, being able to stop for a second and gratitude is partners with pause and pause is partners with awareness. You know, they're all part of the same family. <laughs> and they're all part right. of the family of the heart. They're all part of the family of the heart, Robert. And, you know, I can, I can stop for a second and feel gratitude because I allow myself to pause. Because I allow myself to pause. In, in, it allows me to pause and to look at my partner in life and in love for a second and say, wow, I'm so full of gratitude that he is here with me. But if I hadn't taught myself to pause, where would the door for gratitude be, right? Yeah. I have to find a place to enter into our moments. Absolutely. Now, there, there was one um, a poem or a prose. That, that was in that section that I could identify with, and I think many people would be able to identify with. And I'm just going to take a second to do it, because I, I think it's a wonderful uh, description, kind of what we're talking about, and that is sitting in a waiting room, people from all walks of life. In a matter of minutes, a community is created. Stories of gratitude, love, and sorrow are shared. Souls that have never met before and most likely will never see each other again. Pure concern, compassion, and care for fellow beings. Sounds of laughter, quietly concealing heartbeats filled with worry. A spontaneous community of kindness is created, paying no attention to religion, race, or gender differences, rather to the uniqueness of humanity that lifts the soul. I've been in those waiting rooms, you know, and I have seen those people, and I have experienced, you know, the the laughter and the worry and the concern and and the stories. And um, you know, to me, that was a a wonderful visualization of how concern and compassion among strangers can be a binding force. Yes, and. I, you know, I've experienced that many times. And, you know, people are good. And good shows yeah. up. And it is in those moments, you know, it's, that are hard that there is this community of good that is created. But community mm-hmm. of good can be created even when things are not hard. Yeah. And that's something yeah, that that we need to work on. But yes, it is amazing the connection, the human spirit 
have to lift each other up. Absolutely. I'm in awe of it. I'm in awe of it. I know it's wonderful. It's wonderful. Well, Susan, this has been a delightful time with you. The hour has just flown by. Um, but um, I know the site that people can follow you um, on social media, Facebook, uh, Instagram. Yes, Facebook, and, on Instagram, uh, Twitter. Yes. yes. And, um, and I, have, I, invite, I, I invite everybody yeah. to... to to connect with me because I love to hear from people. Absolutely. Well, I have already connected with you on all but LinkedIn, and now <laughs> we'll do that short. <laughs> so I look forward to seeing your photography and your, your moments of inspiration. Um, and, again, I really love your book. I really enjoy it. Um, it's one of those you, you can just sit back and, you know, and, and either next to a warm fire, go through and read it, or out on a patio with a glass of wine. You know, I mean, it's, it's conducive to so many environments. <laughs> so um, my kudos to you and, uh, and the girl. Thank you so, so much. And I'm so glad Hearts Landscape has found a home with you and may bring you many moments of joy. Thank you. Thank you. It, well, um, again, everyone, today my special guest has been Susan Lack, and we've been talking about her new book, A Heart Landscape, An Invitation to the Garden of Moments. Um, again, you can find out more about Susan by visiting her website, which is susanplax.com. And on that website, you'll be able to find out more information about the book, about morning inspiration and all the services that she has to offer. So everyone, I want to thank you for joining us for this edition of the Bringing Inspiration to Earth show. And until we meet again, thank you for tuning in. You've been listening to the Bringing Inspiration to Earth show. Remember, our show is available as a free podcast from Spotify, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, Apple Podcasts, Blog Talk Radio, Amazon Music, and Audible. To follow our show on any of those platforms, visit ByteRadio.me and select the one you use most. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at ByteRadioMe. Until we meet again, remember to be a bright light by bringing inspiration to your world and to the lives of those you touch. <laughs>